Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Today, how to live for Jesus as we take this next part of the Gospel of John. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, when you come to this portion of Scripture today, these are the things that are important on how to live for Jesus. We're going to talk about that today and in the weeks ahead. That I want you to understand when we come to this, this is so vital that know this, here is the premise. Living the Christian life without the active participation of the Holy Spirit is absolutely impossible. Can I hear an amen? That you and I cannot live the Christian life we were meant to live without the work of the Spirit. I want to talk about that today. There are a couple of things here, two things, matter of fact. These are very weighty theological scriptures and passages, so we'll barely scratch the surface, of course. But there's a consistent flow of thought as we look through this and we look at God's word today on what he is saying to us. First on loving Jesus and then how to live for him and how we can do that. The first thing is, Loving God results in keeping his commandments. Verse 15, if you love me, he says, you will keep my what? He says, you're going to follow and do my commands, my commandments, right? Jesus is saying, if you love me, you're going to do what I ask of you. The first and most basic step after you come to Jesus in discipleship is to be baptized. So if you're going to love Jesus, you're going to want to be baptized. You're going to want to follow his command. And that command is, hey, repent and then be baptized. That's the pattern of the book of Acts as you look at it and as you read it. October 10th is our next house party, which is always a celebratory evening. And you'll look at that. That is a Saturday night instead of a Sunday. So that's October 10th, 6 p.m. here because our Clearbrook campus will be meeting at 4 p.m. on Sundays by then. And so we want an opportunity where all the campuses are together. But this is a great opportunity, if you haven't, to take the next step of discipleship, which is water baptism. Also, it's a great night as we celebrate baby dedication as well. One of the central truths as you look through verses 15 through 31 is this. If you love him, if we love him, then you and I will keep his commandments. And Jesus is going to say this four different times. Verse 15 that we just read, verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my word. Four different times Jesus is saying this because why? Because it's near and dear to the heart of the father. Look at what he says in verse 31. But I do, what does he do? He says, I do as the father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. The NIV says, this portion, I do exactly what the Father commanded me. Well, why does he do it? Why? So that the world may know that I love my Father in heaven. His love for God is his motivation. I pray that our love for God really is our sole motivation. 
But the key is this, and I, I want you to understand this because this gets misunderstood many times in Christ. Loving Jesus is not the same as keeping his commandments. If you got that, say yes. Loving Jesus is not the same as keeping his commandments because in the world we live in, whether you're Hindu, whether you're Buddhist or Muslim, it's all about rules. There, there's just something in each of our human natures that reduce God to rules. And I'm going to let you know today, that's not what Christianity is about. Our following of God is not reduced to rules. Many times we operate in our lives by the do's and the don'ts. Isn't that true? Like do this and don't do that. That's, that's, that's so true. It's the thing that, you know, with our, with our children and growing up, we grew up in homes, your mom or dad said, do this, but don't do that. I mean, we've done it in our home as well. So it comes down to many times just you know, a commandment more than anything else. I command you, don't do that, okay? I brought you into the world, I can take you out, right? So all those things. So, but when is the last time you came home from work, parent, your child said, I clean my room because I love you? Not many times, right? They did it because you commanded them to do it, right? And uh, yes, I'm sure they're in that as they want to please you. But many have come to the conclusion that we can't do the do's and the don'ts. That's true, that, that it's too big of a burden, and I can't handle that. But when we reduce Christianity to do's and don'ts, not only is it very unenjoyable, it's not biblical. I want you to know that. Christianity at its core is about loving Jesus first and foremost. Loving Jesus precedes keeping his commandments. How many of you know that? Loving Jesus proceeds keeping his commandments. So I want to ask you, have you been keeping his commandments before loving him? If you love him, he will keep, you will keep, you and I will keep his commands. So what you won't find is a bunch of commandments here, like, but it comes down to an actual love relationship that we have with the Father through Jesus Christ. Why? Because we want to please him. So what does it mean to love Jesus? What does it mean? What does that look like? You have joy in that person. You, you, you love them. You want to spend time with them. You just want to be with your Savior, and you desire Jesus, and you prefer Jesus more than anything else in your life. You know, I, I enjoy being with Kristen, and, uh, but nobody made me take her on that first date when we were in Bible college. I wanted to go on that date because I was liking her and I was beginning to love her. And, and nobody made me talk to her for wee hours in the morning. It's because I wanted to, because I loved her, because there was a relationship there. Now listen, I, her and I still go on a date one time a week. Friday nights are our date night. But the things that I don't do anymore is talk to her at wee hours in the morning maybe except through sleep talking or whatever it may be, but, but I still love her. It's, it's, in, it's in that that you have a preference and there's a precedence of love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What are some of the commands? That we, well, you must be born again. We see that in the word. Love one another. Abide in me. See, if we get our eyes off Jesus and loving him, then what happens is we gravitate to rules. How many of you love him today? 
You just want to be with him today. You care about him. If you love him, what happens is that results in a life that honors him, that you are just fully in love. There's a second thing that I want you to see in and through this passage that's so important. If loving God results in obeying his commandments, then living for God requires his help. Living for God requires his help. There's no doubt about it. Living for God requires his help. Our God is the kind of God who doesn't say, here's the list, and let me just tell you something. Here's my list for you, and I'm going to be watching you. See, many people live their life like the Father is watching you. You know, that's why many people live a life that in Christ that, well, I live that it comes down to a sin management system, and that's a life of bondage. But rather, it's about a life of love because we've gotten the perspective flipped. No, he says, love me, and when you love me, here's how you know you're going to be headed in the right direction. I know you're human. God knows we're human. God knows where we have flesh, we're weak, and there are, there are going to be bad days. But God says, the best thing you can do is just love me for whom, who I am. And he commands it, yes, but also he enables it by his power. That God wants to do life with us through Jesus. He wants that. God wants every person to know his joy and to know his presence. And God says, here's what I'm going to do for you. How? He's going to send the Holy Spirit, who is a person, right? The Holy Spirit is a person, that Jesus came to die for us, the Holy Spirit comes for Jesus. We can always know that in Scripture, that as we look at that, the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Comforter, helper, to be with you forever. Here you have in this passage, you have the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is pointed out. And I want you to write down four things today that the Holy Spirit does. We know at the point of uh, coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And at that moment, we accept Christ in. The Holy Spirit comes in at that moment. He takes up residence inside of each person that asks for forgiveness of their sins. He lives in you. You got to understand this. In the Old Testament, God has a temple for his people. In the New Testament, he has a people for his temple. And when he comes, what does he do? Number one, the Holy Spirit will be our counselor. Can you say counselor? Counselor. Let's, let's say that again. Counselor. This is not a camp counselor. This is not a marriage counselor. This is not a guidance counselor. This is not a substance counselor. This is legal counsel. An attorney in a courtroom is called counsel or counselor. In the New Testament, this word is paraclete or parakletos, which means a legal defense, a defense attorney. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. But he says, but if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The word advocate is the word paraclete, which is the word legal counsel. That the Holy Spirit prays for us, and he prays for you, and he is the best attorney in the whole wide world. You and I need the work of the Holy Spirit. Why? 
Well, because Satan comes to accuse us day and night, Revelation chapter 12 says. While you and I are in here in this room today, Satan is accusing you of things. Did you know that? Day and night. Day and night. That's what he does. Satan comes and brings, he's the accuser of the brother, the Bible says. He brings accusations against us, every single person in Christ. And you know this, that Satan's not in hell as you're looking at this passage. Why would he sit in hell when he can stand before the throne of God at that time and be able to hurl accusations that he accuses us? Like, did you just see what they did? Did you see what she said? Did you hear that? Did you see what they did? They slipped up. They messed up. They can't even get back up again. He is critical. He's an accuser. But we know in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 that we triumph over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's how important that is. The Holy Spirit goes to the bench in the courtroom and tells Satan, put a lid on it and shut your mouth because their sin is gone. Remember, Jesus died for them on the cross and I was punished for them and my blood covers it. So your honor, look at the record. The charges are dropped. There is no record of wrong because they are fully acquitted case Dismiss. I don't know about you, but that's exciting news today, amen? That's what the Holy Spirit comes. He's legal counsel. So what does also he do? He uses toughness for his client, and he uses tenderness with his client. He convicts us. He convinces us. He encourages us for providing legal counselor. He is the counsel. There's a second thing the Holy Spirit does. Number two, the Holy Spirit will be with us. Can you say with us? That's the promise. Yeah, with us. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, understand this, whom the world cannot receive. The world can't receive the spirit of truth until they accept Christ into their life because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. How? For he dwells with you and will be with you. Verse 23. Jesus answered again, if anyone loves me, He will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The word home is the word abide, which he uses all throughout the Gospel of John. God wants to be near you now. Come on, can you just turn to your neighbor right now and say, God wants to be near you now. Come on, now. God wants to be near you now through the work of his Spirit. Now, you know, when I think about um, the choice between Jesus in the flesh or the Holy Spirit, maybe you've thought about this many times. My first thought is that I I would take Jesus being with me right by my side, right? Now, imagine this. Imagine if if Jesus were walking along with you in, in physical form on the earth today. That would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Absolutely. That would be. Think about it. You get a headache. Jesus, my head hurts. Poof, he heals it. Your head doesn't hurt anymore. I mean, that would be great. But then here you're out taking your dog for a walk. Your dog gets run over by a car and is killed. You're like, Jesus, Fido is dead. And Jesus says, Fido, live. And Fido takes off running. And then maybe you're out and your, your cat gets run over by a car. And, and Jesus on the spot, yeah, raises the cat from the dead as well. So many of you know my love for cats. I better say the night's things. I'm going to get an email about it. (laughs) Jesus loves cats too. Me, not so much. 
Jesus in the flesh, that seems like the best thing ever, but Jesus is going to show us that there's actually something better for us than him in the flesh. It's God's presence. The Holy Spirit is with us wherever we go. So, so this year, parents, wherever you are at, and your distance from your child, while they're at school or at campus or at home, wherever it may be, that, that God's presence is with you in that moment. To the students that are in this room, no matter how old you are, that, that uh, the Holy Spirit is with you to give you comfort and bring direction. He is with you, and you can call on him. And, and to the teacher and, and to the principal today, that, that God is with you no matter where you're at, and he hears you, and he is your counselor and can guide and direct you. And then third, he teaches us. Can you say teaches us? He teaches us. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You'll remember because the Holy Spirit will teach you and also he will remind you. That's great. Here's how it works. You hear the message today. You leave here. You go home. You try to remember maybe what was said yesterday. Your mind goes back, but through the Holy Spirit, he can bring it back to remembrance, the words that explode in your spirit and encourages you. But not only for that, it's for you to help teach others. You know, before people come to know Jesus, they hear the scripture, but they don't exactly know what is being said. But listen, after you and I follow Jesus, all of the sudden, the Holy Spirit's in you, and he's going to help you understand the word of God. God wants you to understand his word. Did you know that? God wants you to understand his word. His word is in the Bible for a reason, so that you and I would understand it. I am thankful that the Holy Spirit in my life can help me understand the word of God. Some of it's a little more difficult, so we need the Holy Spirit. So God is taking the spiritual truth and is revealing it to you by the Holy Spirit. That's one of his jobs. He teaches us, and he brings it back to our memory and remembrance, and he can call that back in. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. For the Spirit searches, searches what? Everything, even the depths of God, now We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. In other words, the Holy Spirit makes his word alive in you. So it's impossible to understand spiritual truth without giving your heart to Christ first. You can't understand it. He says it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, But you have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you have all knowledge. I love this because if you look at this, the word anointed is literally ointment. And what do you do with ointment? You put it on your skin, and it will touch that area of your skin. So that when it's come and it's brought, it's applied so that when you bring the ointment for whatever is needed, whether there's a sore that is there, you apply the ointment. Whether it is poison that is there, you apply the ointment. Whether you want to beautify your skin, you apply the ointment. But what does the ointment do? Does the ointment just sit on the top of the skin? 
No, the ointment is absorbed into the skin, and as it's absorbed into the skin, it begins to work. This is what he's saying the work of the Holy Spirit will do. When you apply the ointment of the Holy Spirit, him, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, he says, when you apply that in your life to whatever area it is, he says, that is a place that I will work and I will show up in a powerful, in a mighty way. That we have been created to absorb the work of the Spirit. So as you're walking close to God, what happens is you're growing in the knowledge of God, the knowledge and the truth of Him. And so the Holy Spirit is applying things to your heart. See, the foolishness of preaching, I don't know if you knew this, but that's in the Bible. So every Sunday when I get up here, one of our staff pastors, whoever it is, preaches, you hear somebody, you got to realize the Bible said is the foolishness of preaching. That he is able to reach so many people. So I stand before you as a fool before the Lord, foolishness of preaching, right? That I get to do this, or whoever gets to stand behind a pulpit today in any part of the world. It's the foolishness of preaching that allows one person to be able to speak and be able to reach the masses because it's the work of the Holy Spirit that's doing a mighty work convicting and convincing the hearts of those around them. That the Spirit of God is alive and He is active, lifting the words off of the Bible and making them alive to us. No matter what situation, it can be applied to our hearts. He teaches you. He trains you. It's amazing, the work of the Spirit. And He develops us into the person that Christ has called us to be. Four, the Holy Spirit gives us peace. Can you say peace? Verse 27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here's Jesus. He says, you know what, I'm leaving, but you do not need to be afraid because I'm sending someone who is not only going to be walking beside you, but who is going to be living in you, and you can be sure that he's in you because he's going to encourage you, he's going to teach you, and he is going to defend you against the enemy, and so you can rest in peace. When the Holy Spirit, we understand, is active and alive in our lives, that we understand that he is defending us before the enemy, though he comes and tries to accuse us day and night, the Holy Spirit is our legal defense. He is our counsel. I don't know about you, but I need legal counsel. Amen? What the Holy Spirit is in our life, what does it produce? What does the Bible say the Holy Spirit produces what? Fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, what is he saying? The produce of the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit produces love and joy and peace. And he goes on and on and on. He's poured out in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And so the scripture reminds us in Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus comes and gives us peace. And how does it come? By way of the Holy Spirit living in you. I mean, how many of you want more righteousness and peace and joy in your life? In all honesty today, just all honesty. If you don't, I understand. But okay, we want that. How many of you know we need more righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit in the world we live in? Yeah. 
See, the only way to do that is the work of the Spirit. But many times we're trying to do our own thing, clean up our own lives, but God says, you can't do it. He says, because I'm going to give you a helper that is going to be able to help you accomplish what you can't do on your own. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And God knows our nation needs righteousness, peace, and joy like never before. How does it come? By way of the Spirit. That's how his kingdom comes and is established. It comes to bring us peace. He tells the disciples, you know, I'm going to be leaving, but I want you to know it's going to be okay. Now, you got to remember, he's speaking to people living in Jewish rules. And he's telling them, hey, quit getting caught up in rules and get caught up in loving me first. So many times we live our life trying to live after rules. Well, if I do this enough, I think that God, you'll love me more. And that is absolutely unbiblical and not true. He loves you fully today for who you are. And he wants you to follow him and live by the spirit of truth. He says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put my spirit within you. And he says, and that spirit is going to teach you and be an advocate for you. And he's going to be with you and give you peace. Today, are you walking close to Christ and do you love him with all of your heart? And do you realize that he's walking very closely with you and he says, I will be with you and I am going to be in you if you are a follower of me today. So that we understand that the Holy Spirit is available to you, to every single person, that he wants to come and comfort you today. He wants to guide you. Yes, he will convict you. And yes, he will empower you to live through you. And this great opportunity comes because of the produce of the Holy Spirit. The produce in the supermarket didn't just show up. It took some time to grow it. We get the beauty of going in, picking out what we want, pay for it, go home and eat it. There is the produce of the Holy Spirit that comes because of the Holy Spirit's deep work in every single one of our lives. I don't know about you, but our world needs to see the produce of the Spirit. The produce of the Spirit. That's on display so that God will get the maximum glory. The produce of the Spirit will go to show the world that there is a God that really does love them. That not only has the Holy Spirit taught us, but we're to teach others these biblical truths as well. So the Holy Spirit's available. He's available to us today. He's available right now, wherever you're at. In this room, in your bedroom, in your living room, that the Holy Spirit at this moment is available to every single person. He's here to do a work in your life today. You didn't come here by accident or fate. You came here because God wanted you here to hear this message, his word of John chapter 14 today, the spirit of the living God. God's your spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We're not afraid of you because you love us. 
You're gentle. Do your work in us, Lord, as the body, as your people, as your children, Lord, this morning. Lord, we just hunger for you more and more, Holy Spirit. That there would be more righteousness and peace. There would be more joy in our lives, Lord God, even though we see a world today that is headed in the opposite direction of that. But God, you have given a promise of the Holy Spirit to your people that lives within us this morning that can put you on full display to a world that is lost and dying and in darkness. Oh God, that you have called your people to live, Lord, with a greater awareness of your spirit. Father, we're hungry for you. We're hungry for the work of your presence, Lord, more than ever before. We need you, Lord. You are our helper today. Father God, you're the helper to, Lord, every student this year. Lord, whether they're sitting at their desk or they're at home, Lord God, when they call out to you, Holy Spirit, you are there. That you are real and that you are powerful. For every student that is struggling with anxiety or whatever it may be or failure that they don't add up. Holy Spirit, you are there. You are with us, oh God, as we cry out to you, Lord. Lord, upon every parent, oh God, this year, that you would touch them, Lord, as they are at their workplace. And Lord, they're wondering about their student, Lord, that you are there when they call out to be with their son or their daughter. Oh Lord, you are in the midst of them, God. I thank you for the work of your spirit this school year. Do something great. Do something mighty, God, through our parents this year, through our teachers, oh God, through our principals, to district leadership, oh God. Come by your spirit, oh Lord, we pray, and fill our campuses with the glory of the Lord, oh God. Though prayer has been moved out, Lord, you you are with us, Lord. You are with every student, every teacher, every parent that cries out to you, oh God. Be very real to us this year, oh Lord. In these moments, we cry out to you because there is no barrier to the work and to the wind of your spirit in these days. For Lord, you are pouring out your spirit upon all flesh, Lord God, and we are hungry for you. We're tired of trying to do this on our own. Holy Spirit, breathe upon us as the body of Christ into the nations of the earth, oh God. We long for you. Lord, may there be a, a mighty awakening of your spirit from the east and the west and the south and to the north, oh God. We call that out, oh Lord, for we are nothing without you. We are nothing without you, oh Lord. Oh Lord, that we do not be, need to be ashamed or afraid of the work of your spirit, for you have been called along as the spirit of truth to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to provide legal, legal counsel, to defend us against the enemy who's the accuser of the brethren in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we declare it 
before you. We declare it before you. There's people in this room today, you need to declare the work of God's presence and his spirit now in this room. Come on. I want you to declare it, body of Christ. Come on. I want you to declare it today. I want you to begin to open your mouth. I want you to begin to declare the promises of the Lord. Come on. I can't hear you. I can't hear you today. I need you for you to declare it. Come on. Would you speak it out? Come on. Speak out the things that are not as though they were. Come on today. Hallelujah, Lord. We call out those things, Lord God, that look absolutely impossible, Lord. We declare that you are the God that works the impossible, Lord. No matter who we are, no matter where we're at, yes, Lord, we thank you, God, today for your living presence, for your living presence even now, Lord. Work in us, oh God. Work in us. Work in our homes. Work in our community, Lord. Work in our nation, oh God, that desperately needs you. Oh Lord, we call upon your name that is greater than every other name. And Lord, we've come to bless you and thank you for it today. Lord, we thank you that your word is alive and it is active and it is called into remembrance, oh Lord, to bring back the words of life so that not only we can be taught, so that we can teach others and minister to those that are lost and dying without the word of hope. For Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, you're the comforting presence to those in this room that are grieving, for those that are going through loss, for those that are going through a situation or circumstance that is beyond their grasp, God, we thank you that you're the comforter and that master. You wrap your arms around us and you draw us close to your heart today to know that you are absolutely in control and there's never been a moment that you have been out of control. So, Lord, we proclaim it. We declare it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, I just feel we need to give Jesus a great big hand clap. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your work, oh God. Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.